Welcome sleuths, suspects, and witnesses. This is day 11 of our mystery interrogation, the case of the missing manuscript. Um, you know, we have been in and out and up and down and turning everything just all sorts of different ways. There are so many clues out there. If you haven't got them all yet, or you find after tonight, that you might need to get more, go back into the uh, website and check out the, um, the replays. We've got all the replays listed on our website and then make sure that you register for the days coming um, so that you can make sure that you collect all your clues and help us solve the mystery. Stuff around here builds with intensity and excitement very quickly, you'll wanna keep up. So our nightly schedule tonight, we're starting just a couple minutes late because I was on the road, my fault. I'm sorry, guys, coming in late. But I will try to end our evening tonight as close to 8 o'clock as I possibly can. And uh, reminder, we will not be having an event on February 14th, just to keep that in mind. Tonight, we are having two astounding ink spell authors in the room reading for us tonight i love meeting not just new authors but i love being introduced to new small press houses and ink spell is turning out to be an amazing house so if you haven't discovered them yet please um, jump onto the website after our event today and i'll put a link to their website on our facebook page um, Julie Navikis is going to be reading for us tonight from her book, I Love You Today. And Mark Love will be reading for us tonight from his book, Why 319. We're going to have a blast. This is going to be tons of fun. Um, we're going to start with Mark, just because Julie is all new to this and we want to break her in gently. So, uh, Mark, if yes, you will, please. Show us the cover of your book. There it is. Why 319 by Mark Love. And sir, when you are ready, please take the microphone and read aloud. All right. Thank you, Diana. I, I will say that this book is told from the point of view of Detective Jefferson Shane. As Gleason used to say, and away we go. So chapter one. You really never get used to the smell of a dead body. It's that thick, ghastly odor that attacks the nasal passages and stubbornly clogs the back of your throat and just hangs there. It lingers, waiting like some sadistic culinary delight that you really don't want to sample. The temperature in the room was hot, which would expedite the decomposition process. Gases inside the body were already starting to decay. That was the stench that assaulted me the second I crossed the threshold of motel room 319. Two crime scene technicians were already at work. One was busy with a video camera filming the detail. The other was making notes and dusting surfaces for fingerprints. Standing in the outer hallway were two uniformed police officers and a detective in a gray flannel suit. As I was taking in the details of the room, I felt a finger prod my spine just below the shoulder blade. Hey, Kaz, I said without flinching. 
There was a chuckle in the deep voice behind me. Damn, Shane, you must be a great detective. You never even turned around. I inclined my head toward the small oval mirror on the opposite wall. Sometimes you make it too easy. Anyone else get the call? Nah, you figure it's the same guy? Hard to say, got the right feel to it. They haven't given the media the specifics yet, so we can rule out a copycat. Kaz nodded as the guy in the gray flannel appeared in the doorway. The suit was badly wrinkled. The guy was in dire need of a shirt. He was about five foot 10 with curly black hair framing his head. We followed him across the hall to another room and waited while he closed the door behind us. Kaz slumped into one of the upholstered chairs. I leaned against the wall. Name's Costello. I was just going off duty when we got the call from the hotel manager. I've got two detectives on a stakeout, one on vacation and another out with appendicitis. This isn't going to be my day. We did the business card exchange. His had the Bloomfield logo in the background, Sergeant Norman Costello. I doubted that the state of Michigan shield on our cards impressed him. I didn't really care. He gave the cards a quick once over and looked up. Jefferson Shane? Isn't that an intersection downtown? Reluctantly, I nodded. I'm Shane, that's Kozlowski. Koz is easier on the tongue. What made you think to call us? Costello pulled a pack of cigarettes from his shirt pocket and looked at us briefly. Kaz raised his palms. I merely nodded. It took him three tries to get a match lit. He took a deep drag before answering. Saw the notice from the top yesterday. There have been two other killings in the metro area in the last two months. Both fit the same description. Young females, slender build, with no evidence of drug use. Both found nude spread eagle on the bed. Sexual activity evident, but it's uncertain as to whether it was pre or post-mortem or both. Cause of death appears to be suffocation. Costello rubbed his left hand across his face. It looks like he used the pillow. No apparent struggle, no signs of forced entry. Been here long, Kaz asked. Costello checked his watch. About 45 minutes. We're lucky that the room is at the end of the hall. I put one uniform on the door, another at the end of the corridor to keep any guests out. Called for the evidence techs, then called you guys. Who's the top, I asked. That would be Chief of Police Ryan. Him and the Lady Mayor notified us yesterday. She wanted to make it abundantly clear that we contact the state police immediately almost like she expected us to be involved. This scumbag has committed two other murders, one each in Wayne and Macomb counties. Sanderese in Oakland was due, I said. Yeah, but why couldn't he pick something like Troy or Southfield or even Royal Oak where all the trendsetters are, Costello. Just lucky, I guess, Cos said. No offense, but we'll have our forensic team join the party. We'll need copies of whatever reports you generate from this investigation. An inch of ash teetered on the tip of Costello's cigarette. He looked around the room for an ashtray, 
then gave up and cupped his palm beneath it. He took another long drag and walked into the bathroom. I could hear the hiss of the ember hitting the water, then the toilet flush. He came back into the room, brushing ashes off his hands. You smoke much? Kaz asked as he rose from the chair. I gave it up three years ago. Used to do two packs a day without even thinking about it. So what's with today? Costello gave a reluctant shrug. First homicide I've seen in years. Most of what we get is home invasions, maybe some snatch and grabs, DUI, that kind of stuff. To make matters worse, she looks like a girl who works in the neighborhood as a babysitter. You don't get homicides out here in the suburbs. Kozlowski gave him a single nod of understanding. You do now. I'm always surprised when authors read under time. I'm waiting for the timer to go off. <laughs> Thank you very, very much, Mark. Not a problem. It's always fun My to pleasure. hear. It's always fun to hear authors put locations in their books that I know about or have been to. That's always fun. I grew up in Southfield, so it's super fun to to hear that. Okay, here we go. Next reading tonight is gonna come from Julie Navikis, also of Inkspell Publishing. Yay! Um, and she's going to be reading from her book, I Love You Today. Can you hold up a copy for us so we can all see it? I can. Oh, maybe. But, yep, right in front of your face is best. There, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so this is Julie Novickis, and she is going to be reading from I Love You Today. When you are ready, please, ma'am, take the microphone and read aloud. Okay. It's quite the contrast from what Mark just shared. There are no dead bodies in this passage. <laughs> so I'm going to start not in chapter one. This is in chapter eight, and it's just a small piece. Um, my story is set in Chicago. So for those of you who are familiar, I'm a Cubs fan. You'll find that out quickly. All right. Casey shuffled through the crowd, leading Austin to their seats in center field. The lights, the music, the trademark ivy, and the enormity of the fandom brought to life had his heart palpitating. His butt plunked down on the bleachers beside her as his gaze soaked in the historic magic of Wrigley Field, Casey's larger-than-life obsession. Wrapping his arm around her waist, he tugged her body closer to his as the sky darkened in the spring evening. His foot crunched a stray peanut shell, and an empty hot dog wrapper blew across his toes in the gentle breeze. What do you think? She turned, tilting her face upward as a smile consumed her lips. Well, it's definitely not Dodger Stadium. She giggled and wrapped her arm around him in return. You're right, it's even better. The game started and the Cubs took an early lead at the bottom of the first inning against Baltimore. The wind wafted the scent of the popcorn through the air and Austin turned, spotting a beer vendor. You thirsty? He nudged Casey in the side and pointed. Always, she smiled, seemingly resistant to tear her gaze from the field. Pulling a $20 bill from his wallet, Austin handed it to the vendor and accepted two foaming cups of golden liquid. His lips split into a grin as he handed Casey a cup. Please tell me this isn't, and he cringed. Oh, you know it is. She roared with laughter as her hand dropped to his knee and squeezed. I mean, it's kind of like our thing now, isn't it? She tapped her cup to his. Cheers. Austin nodded and brought the cup of old style to his lips, grimacing as the liquid met his tongue. The memory of Old Crow returned to his brain. He smiled and gripped her tighter. Cheers, Casey. 
Abu hissed through the ballpark as Chicago allowed Baltimore to score a triple on a fielding error. The crowd groaned as Casey shuffled her feet, frowning into her beer. E5, she muttered. He grinned and nudged her in the side. So um, can I ask you a question? Ask away. What would you think about my sister coming to visit us? Casey smirked. The one who loves in sync? Absolutely. Her hand returned to his knee and dragged along his thigh. She was like 12 when she was into boy bands, not an adult like you. He snorted, his gaze falling to his hand. She rotated her thumbs in small circles, the sensation warming his body in the cool evening. Oh, whatever, I won't buy us tickets to the Backstreet Boys tour then. I thought you were an in sync girl. His thumb stopped and disappointment squeezed his heart. I mean, they're the only ones still touring. She giggled and leaned her head against his shoulder. But I'd love to meet your sister, Austin. She'll know all of your embarrassing childhood secrets. The crowd erupted in cheers as each of their fellow bleacher ticket holders flew from their seats. A home run ball bounced into the stands four rows away and a mob of drunken men dove for the ball. I don't have any embarrassing childhood secrets. Casey straightened and gulped down the rest of her beer. Um, yeah, right, we all have something that makes us cringe. He dropped his empty cup into hers. All right, fine, you tell me one of yours and I'll tell you one of mine. She tapped a finger to his cheek and lifted her gaze to the sky. Hmm, okay, well, you know how I'm a total klutz, right? The defense rests, he answered. Casey rolled her eyes. All right, so my mom thought it would be a good idea to put me in ballet lessons when I was like seven. And I kid you not, I single-handedly destroyed the entire, entire recital. Swan Lake became a swan <clears throat> show. I tripped two minutes into the routine and took down the whole line of dancers and some decorations. With a snort, he leaned forward and pressed his lips to hers. All right, it's your turn. Don't think your kisses will distract me, sir. She smiled and poked him in the chest. Austin laughed, capturing her hand in his. He planted a kiss on the tip of her ring finger. You have to promise me that you'll never tell anyone this. With her hand still caught in his, Casey raised her pinky in the air. A pinky swear is serious business. It's a promise for life. Her brow rose in jest. Latching his pinky around hers, Austin returned his gaze to the field. The Cubs led Baltimore by one in the sixth inning. Take it to the grave, Casey McDaniels. He huffed out of breath. My mom made Josh and me take ballroom dance lessons in junior high. His eyes widened at the admission. Oh, Austin, she cackled, tipping her head back with laughter. You know, that makes a ton of sense. You have been way too good of dancer since I've known you. She raised a finger to her eye and brushed a tear of amusement away. Austin elbowed her in the gut. All of my Tuesday evening waltz adventures with Mrs. Pennington have really paid off. He grinned. If you're lucky, I'll teach you the Texas two-step one day. His cheeks burned with embarrassment. She snuggled into him, resuming her grip on his thigh. Actually, I hope my luck does not hold out for that one. Oh, you'll be sorry, Casey girl. A jolt of pleasure raced along his skin as her fingers explored higher, the light scrape of her nails doubling his heartbeat. Adjusting his hat, he turned to find her blue eyes staring at him. This was a good idea. Thanks for bringing me here. Well, you're not a true Chicagoan until you've seen a game at Wrigley. She flicked the brim of his hat and smiled. And don't even ask about that other team to the South, she added. Austin racked his brain, digging deep into his limited knowledge of baseball. Uh, the White Sox, right? Shh, you can't say that out loud here. She pressed her index finger over his lips. He pecked the tip of her finger with a kiss. Sorry, he breathed. I'm a Dodgers fan, remember? And it's the worst thing about you, Mr. Templeton. A chorus of take me out to the ball game boomed throughout the park, the seventh inning stretch celebrations interrupting their spirited disagreement. 
When did that happen? Casey wrinkled her nose and scanned the ball field. You distract me too much. An elbow to his right side jabbed him in the gut. Austin turned as the woman beside him pointed toward the field at the gigantic screen above the scoreboard. His eyes widened as his and Casey's image stared back, squarely tucked within the shape of a pink heart, the words kiss cam emblazoned in bold. Casey roared with laughter and yanked his hat from his head. Her bright blue eyes sparkled in the stadium lights, her gaze hovering over his mouth. Leaning in, Austin pressed his lips to hers as the fans erupted in cheers, their claps freezing the moment. The lights faded, the cold bleachers melted away, and all that existed was the quirky girl in his arms, the girl who had unknowingly mended his soul with the stitch of a baseball. Thank you very, very much. Awesome job. Thank you. A little different than Mark's. <laughs> Just well, a little. That's the best part. About there were still these. bodies involved. <laughs> Just alive. A little that's, different that's, activity, that's all. So. It's absolutely the best part of these events is that we get to hear from so many diverse authors with so many different stories. So much fun. Um, <laughs> before we jump into the murder mystery interrogation part of our evening, I would like to remind all of our authors that if um, you haven't done it yet, please go into our Facebook page, look for the post and share your website under the post asking for your website so that we can share who we are and what we write with the world on Facebook. And so now, ladies and gentlemen, we have come to another point at which we must interrogate our suspects. In the case of the missing manuscript, this is boggling all of our brains because every night new information comes out. We have eight suspects. Chloe Holiday is a mysterious character. Melinda Falgo is a researcher. Ruby Fink, a psychic. Andrew Allen Smith is an historical author. Amy Kelso is our head, li head librarian, but she is not in the room this evening. I find that interesting that she's been gone two nights in a row now. Jules Nelson is our library director. Marianne Whelan is our cafe manager. And Deborah Reed is our intrepid reporter. So now the question is, who took the sardonic manuscript? If you missed any of the little pieces along the way, you'll want to go back to day one because we keep building on our mystery as we go. So as we start this evening, everybody turn on your microphones, turn on your cameras if you wish, and let's start the interrogations. Who would like to ask tonight's first question? Go ahead, Melinda. Quite curious. With everybody pointing the finger in my general direction, nobody has- I don't, I don't think it was your general direction. I think it was pretty specific. Well, that being <laughs> said, I'm just kind of curious. Now, I absolutely have no idea of how to get a receipt from the self-checkout lane, let alone do origami. I would like to ask each of our suspects, have any of you been to Japan? Anybody? In our I'm sorry, I didn't hear. I didn't hear what she said. To where? Chloe, have you have you ever 
been to Japan. Yeah. And of course, you might go, learn. So I have no idea if anyone's answering me right now. If if you might um, learn origami, have you been to Japan? Nope. Um, what about you, Deborah? Have you ever been to Japan to learn origami paper folding ways? Nope. Okay. Um, what about Jules? Well, never been nope. to Japan. Um, Ruby? I have not, uh, but you could probably look up how to do that on the internet. So, I mean, anyone could do it. Andrew, have you ever been to Japan? No, I got to say, I, I, I ain't been to Japan, but I, I, do, I do have to say that, you know, origami, even though that's a good place to go learn it, there are people that learn that stuff all over the place. So I, I, I enjoy the question, but I think I think holding uh, silly things with paper is something that you can get off the internet pretty easy. Them there YouTube photos. YouTube will do, it'll teach you how to do anything. So, so Melinda, you're the only one then who hasn't answered the question. Have you ever been to Japan? Uh-oh. <laughs> Conveniently. Well, while I had presented at the Japan Writers Conference, I was virtually. So I can't say that I've actually been. But as I'm putting in the chat, Deborah, Chloe, and Andrew all spent a lot of time on the computer and enough time to have learned such a fantastic art. Well, yeah. I don't think I, that's what I usually go to the library to look up. So <laughs> I'm guessing it's probably not what I was doing on the library computer. You're okay. still working on that Gutenberg thing, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, that, that what? Yeah. <laughs> so, a Angela, tell, it reminds us as well that you can learn how to um, fold origami from a myriad of books as well. Um, so, anything. Yeah, I, bet, I bet there's a book about it inside the library, but we may want to check. It might have been stolen. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Hey, um, um, oh, and this is an interesting piece of information. Mackenzie is now informing us that Miss Kelso knows how to fold origami. Hmm. Dun dun dun. <laughs> and she's not here to defend herself this evening. So that's an interesting turn. Does anybody else have? Oh, yeah. Okay, that one you have to read aloud, Christopher, because there's too much print. Read it aloud. All right. The top three reasons why El Amy Kelso was absent. Number one, Ruby told her someone would Dewey decimate her if she stepped out of the house. <laughs> Two, the library was such a mess, she and Jules have been ashamed of their shelves. Shelves. Yeah, yeah, got it. Okay. Yeah. Right. Keep going. <laughs> she started reading a book on anti-gravity and it was impossible to put down. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so much fun. Uh, there's, there's a number four that you forgot there. She's been busy folding more horses to put in place all those other expensive books they got in the library. And she's surrounded by a herd of horses. <laughs> Heard of horses. <laughs> uh, does anybody else have questions for our um, our suspects tonight? Okay, Mark, this is very rare. Mm -hmm. 
I don't believe that you don't have a question. Me? I'm trying to think of something specific. Well, I, I keep looking at our intrepid reporter and <laughs> this, her reaction when I say her name is enough to make me curious. So uh, I, I understand you're, you're working with the intent, with the hope of achieving a Pulitzer. Have you had other stories that have been closely considered for this work? Well, that's a really good question. Um, or are you just wildly ambitious? I think I'm just wildly ambitious. I mean, <laughs> if something has been kind of considered for that, it never got far enough that I actually heard about it. So, you know, just living the dream or, you know, trying to. Have, have you noticed any kind of a pattern in recent Pulitzer winners or journalism? that would lead you to spend more time in the library? Mm, not that I can say, no. I Mark, know. you are never gonna get a straight answer out of Deborah. something <laughs> I discovered last night, which leads me to my second sign tonight, which I'll oh. read. Okay. Asking Deborah Reed a direct question, be like me, is the sun yellow? Deborah? well, it's, but then if you think about it, not exactly, kind of, it's haagen okay? It's haagen there, I answered it. Next question. Well, that's maybe, maybe Deborah's gonna be in politics soon. That's a good, good thing to go into. And she's got all the answers for them political questions. <laughs> Indeed. Oh. Does anybody have any other questions for our suspects? Mark, go ahead. I, I was just another comment for Deborah. Maybe she has origami skeletons in her closet, you know. <laughs> uh, Can you hold origami I'm, skeletons? No, Halloween. Okay. A question for Ruby is yes. with your psychic abilities, are you able to see a great distance into the future or is it much more immediate? No, uh, one of the things that has been coming up was the number 246, which I believe is connected to Melinda in some way, and we've been trying to figure it out for a while, but we're not sure if it's an address or if it's uh, supposed to be a page number. We're, uh, someone thought it was a Dewey Decimal number for a bit, um, but apparently that's not the case. We're, we're very curious. Might not be. 319 we're thinking of. No, <laughs> I was very clear uh, when I met Melinda that uh, 246 was going to be very important. But Well, yeah. you know, people keep saying that I am not very clear on my answers, but, you know, Ruby just said, well, it wasn't very clear, except anything Ruby has said in answer to a question has not been clear. <laughs> For being a psychic, no, I can't control my, my visions. How am I supposed no. to? I, I just tell you what I see. Yeah, well, you don't <laughs> see much, I've noticed. <laughs> yes, well, uh, that is part of the gift and curse as well. So I, I, I can't do much about it, unfortunately. If I could, I would. Well, we'd um, appreciate it if you could, because then we might, you know, wrap this up a little bit faster and people would stop yelling at me for doing something I didn't do. This is true. Um, All right. But at least I don't uh -huh. see as you as the killer either. So. Wait, killer? Wait. 
I have no idea. <laughs> robbery to killing. Um, <laughs> so, so Ruby, your visions are remarkably murky at this point. This is true. <laughs> if you're well, getting a, a, a murder and a robbery confused, <laughs> on how, so, how reliable is your gift anyway? <laughs> I mean, I have been able to help the police uh, in the past, but... I also can't control what I see. Okay. Does anybody else have any questions for our suspects? Mark again? Oh, well, you know, I missed a couple of days, so I figured yeah. I'd better catch Not up. Not my fault. <laughs> no, I understand it's my schedule, so okay. it's my issue. Uh, this one's for Chloe Holiday, because um, as a journalist, that Deborah Reed is, but Chloe is more of a novelist. She's a mysterious character and she, she's working on research for stories. I'm wondering if your research has ever directed you towards anything related to the psychic. If you've ever had any dealings with somebody like Ruby in the past while doing research for some of your books. Um, no, I have to say that Ruby seems one of a kind to me. Um, but, um, you know, I, I'm a novelist now, but I, I had other, um, you know, jobs in the, in the past. Um, uh, right now I also do, um, I work in mergers and acquisitions, um, as well. So novelist is, is kind of, my my side gig it's it's the one i really love but but i that's, i do both that's your passion not necessarily your your mainstream of right earnings right, right there right. And, and that makes me curious about ruby as far as with your psychic abilities mm -hmm. uh, and you say it's very limited so i'm going to go out on a limb and say that you're not picking the lottery numbers but are you yeah. able to um sustain yourself with your psychic powers i'm well i've helped the police a little bit in the past and they definitely have appreciated my work and i'm able to get some clients here and there and i've been able to make a bit of a living off of that it's definitely my career it's not a hobby okay. uh melinda you had a question go ahead i did, I did. now i've heard tell not that I would know, but that most novelists don't make a whole lot of money. And I do understand that, you know, you said that you were in mergers and acquisitions and that was how you truly sustained yourself financially. But depending on whether it's a bull or a bear market, goodness knows how that's going to go. And you seemed awfully interested in a conversation we had when I started talking about the strange coat of arms that I saw in the manuscript. What did you do afterwards? Uh oh. After we spoke? Yes. You seemed very interested in it, but then I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it was just my verbose personality. Who knows? I mean, after all, there are so many people who say I talk too much. I mean, hmm, not that we're mentioning any names, Marianne Whelan, but um, <laughs> well, Kelsey, okay, um, I'm going to be on that list too. Chloe, do you have an answer from Melinda? Well, I mean, we we talked and then we got shushed, and I 
kind of decided that maybe the library was a better place for me than that cafe. So I went back in and, and so uh, so I'm 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 curious now with this line of questioning from Melinda, um, do your does this coat of arms you were discussing with Melinda have anything to do with your mergers and acquisitions business? Um, I have nothing to say about that. Okay, uh, Deborah, go ahead. Well, you know, since we're talking to Chloe and all, um, I do remember that when you were working on the computer next to me, that um, you got up and left. And when you came back, you seemed really frustrated. So where did you go and, and why were you frustrated? Well, I went with um, Melinda over to the cafe to chat. And, you know, it was an interesting conversation, but um, a little hard for me to follow, frankly. And of course, we kept getting shushed. And so that was frustrating. So, you know, I came back over to do my thing. Um, I mean, certainly if... I had stolen something um, that I was interested in. I wouldn't think I'd be frustrated, but rather um, perhaps smug or or gleeful. So I'm, I guess I don't see the the that being frustrated is some great big clue. Actually, yeah, yeah. Um, Mark, go ahead. What's your question, Mark? Uh, this I guess would go to Jules since Amy is not with us tonight. But I'm curious as to who is involved or who is in charge of purchasing the volumes for the library? Well, I would be in charge of purchasing them. Amy would submit a request for them, but this particular book was actually just mailed to us. So as a donation. And the book that Mr. Smith has been trying to ram onto your shelves, is this something that would be considered for purchase? Uh, no, we were not even willing to have him come for a signing slash talking. So uh, we would probably definitely not put it on our shelf. Poor Mr. Smith. Nobody loves his book. I feel very picked on here. My book is a very good book. I, I'm, I'm very sad right now. I don't even know if I would like it because you wouldn't let me look at it, even though you kept shoving it in my face and you were really pushy about it as soon as I tried to look at it, you know, because I am a nice person and tried to be nice about it and everything. You wouldn't let me look at it. <laughs> well, you know, he yeah. does only have the one copy because Ingram Spark has been I, behind in their shipment. So I could give it back. I just <laughs> wanted to look at it. <laughs> yes, hey, he's been I over to Cafe work. with it, too. So. You were going to steal it. <laughs> <laughs> he just, did you hear that, Deborah? But no. He just, Andrew just suggested that perhaps if he let you see his book, The Way of the Antiquities, you might want to steal it. All right, Andrew, you and me outside. <laughs> All right. I'm good with that. <laughs> One last question from Mark, and then we have to wrap up tonight's interrogation. Go, Mark. Okay. I'm just reading a, a chat message here from, I think it's Dana. She has a question. Did the police send the psychic to this town or to this library? Or Good was she question. traveling there on her own? Good question, Ruby. Um, I traveled on my own. I was guided to investigate 
my vision that I saw with Melinda, and I was curious to see how it would turn out. So the You're police did, the police did that not really no me. the police did not send me. Okay, <laughs> nicely done, Deborah. Let's beat up on everybody tonight. <laughs> Okay. Question for Andrew. No, no, no. no I'm oh, sorry. Our, okay. our, our interrogation time has come to a close. We are out of time for this evening. So if you have more questions, please return back to the interrogation room tomorrow night at 7 p.m. And we will continue this conversation. Um, and remember, we're going to be gone on the 14th. So perhaps you might want to spend the 14th uh, creating an additional list of questions, everybody. Yeah, so, and, and I won't be in the car tomorrow, so I'll be able to answer <laughs> you. Perfect. All right. Um, so again, who did it? Who stole the book? Why did they steal it? Uh, we're still trying to figure that out. We still haven't figured out the why, which is making all of us a little nutty. Um, Come back into the room tomorrow and every day this month, except the 14th, watch the replays, um, which are linked on our website and on our Facebook page. If you are watching the replays and you hear someone say, I have nothing to say about that, that is an indicator that either you are barking up the wrong tree or the author simply does not have any information to share about um, your leading question we are running a scavenger hunt this month all this month tons of fun riddles every day we're giving away real life prizes books and ebooks and amazon gift cards and all sorts of fun stuff open the riddle door every day get the riddles the answers to the riddles will be found in the titles of the books that are read each night on our program we have to thank, before I move on, um, we have to thank Mr. Jacob Bullen for helping us with these riddles because um, he's amazing and he's wonderful and, and I'm not smart enough. So I have, I have limitations and riddles are a big limitation for me. <laughs> Our author fingerprint contest, here we are. Andrew Allen Smith is at 97 uh -oh. fingerprints which means he is just three, count them, three fingerprints away from getting at the heart of our dead body, which means the minute he hits that heart, he's gonna get a snazzy medal. Um, if more authors invite more witnesses into the room, they can get up to 100 and be in the running for those snazzy medals. I gotta tell you guys, it's not snazzy medal. No kidding, I'm gonna show you one. These are snazzy medals. They're like um, small versions of, um, they're like small versions of Olympic medals. Isn't that cool? These are like super, super cool. So um, the top five fingerprint getters um, will get medals and the top fingerprint getter will get a really snazzy trophy with their name engraved on it like Christopher got a couple of years ago. Um, so we are sitting right now again with Andrew has 97 fingerprints. Deborah has 92. 
Amy has 82, John Rinaldi has 62, and we have a tie for fifth place. Chloe Holiday and Jacob Bullen both are tied for that fifth place slot. Um, total uh, pairs of all eyeballs on our mystery this month so far, day 11, 284 witnesses, which is pretty darned amazing, everybody. Whoops, uh, there we go. There's our witness ledger. <clears throat> We're running right about um, 26, 27 per night on average. So um, keep those witnesses coming into the room. We are gonna do our nightly spin, <clears throat> excuse me, of the spinning wheel of happiness, giving away the two books that were read tonight. If you find yourself as a winner on our spinning wheel, make sure that you send me an email to diana at pagespromotions.com and claim your prizes within 24 hours. Um, make sure you send me your mailing address so that I can send out the prizes, um, or at least ask the authors to send out because the authors are sending it. You guys know, you've been here 11 days, you know how the game is played. Okay, um, before we go into spinning the wheel, as I do last preparations on the wheel, I'm going to do, um, I'm going to po pose our lightning round question. And because we have a majority of authors in the room tonight, um, and you guys are also readers, of course, but the majority of you are authors, we're going to ask a writer question. Really simple question. This should go pretty quickly. Authors, how many rough drafts do you usually write before it goes to your editor? Lightning round, how many drafts? Christopher? Three. Wow, that was pretty defiant. <laughs> um, Marianne, how many drafts for you? One. I edit it as I write. <laughs> okay. Uh, Mark Love, how many drafts do you go through? I go through four. Nice. Okay. Uh, Deborah Reed, what about you? Two. Two. Good. Angela Vargas, how about you? Four. Four. <laughs> nice. Uh, Mandy Joe. Usually one. Okay. Because I um, edit, like Marianne, I edit while I go. Okay. Awesome. Um, Jan Franklin. Is Jan in the room tonight? Nope, she's not. Okay. Um, Jen Rinaldi, what about you? Two, she said. Two? Okay. Jules? Uh, three. Okay. Melinda? Three to four. Preethi, how many times do you go through um your drafts how many drafts do you go through before you send it to your editor one or two okay um donna newman what about you usually three okay um andrew how many drafts do you go through usually one except for curious cousin who has been through 11 now <laughs> wow <laughs> i don't feel so bad um angela spears <laughs> what about you uh, three to four. Okay. Dana Storino, how many drafts do you go through? You can put it in the chat if you don't feel like talking. No, I'm fine. Um, I, I was cooking before. Okay. I would say about two, two for sure. Okay. 
Um, on average, I go through four drafts before I send it to my editor. I like to have a little bit of time in between each draft to kind of let things simmer um, and ruminate, and then I send it to my editor. Awesome. Okay, so that was our lightning round. That was wonderfully lightning-ish. Um, we are going to spin the wheel of happiness. Yay! So the first spin tonight is for Mark's Love's book, uh, Y319. Hold that up, Mark. Yay! And then the second spin is going to be for Julie Novicka's book, I Love You Today. Can you hold that up for us, Julie? Right in front of your face. There you go. Perfect. Thank you very much. With those wacky backgrounds, you have to do it so that the computer recognizes what's there. Okay, um, I'm going to share my spinny wheel of happiness and make sure the sound is turned on. Yes, it is, good. Okay, here we go. First spin from our club's book. Awesome. I'm having problems with my pen. Okay, and the next book is for Julie Novickus. Ready? Here we go. Hooray! Huzzah! Chloe gets a book. Um, super, super Huzzah, fun. Chloe! Yay! Yay! Yay. Huzzah, Chloe. Okay, so here we go. Um, this this has been a super fun, fast night. We went really quick through the lightning round, which, you know, I'm never sure how fast lightning's gonna strike. So um, we have just a couple of minutes to do a wrap up. Anybody wanna say anything before we leave? If it's about the mystery game, keep it open-ended because the interrogation is open. So go ahead, uh, Christopher, any parting thoughts? Actually, I just had a question because I've been rehearsing for my reading on Monday. Yes. I have yet to get through this reading without falling apart a little bit. So I am wondering if anybody would, if I can't get it down before then, if anybody would mind if I did a black screen during the reading on that, just so I can keep my composure. Yep, we are not going to fault you for that in the least. Okay. No emotion in the author, no emotion in the reader. I think Faulkner said that, didn't he, Mark? Sounds right. See, I'm getting I'm getting stuff right all over the place tonight. So yes, absolutely, you can do that. Thank Marianne, you. any um, parting ideas, thoughts? Um. Okay. Yeah, I think. <laughs> I don't, I, I can barely talk, so. Well, we're glad you're um, feeling better. Better than yesterday, yeah. I can say that. But yes, I think this is, is going great. There's a lot of really good questions and I've been watched the videos and they took all my questions. Absolutely, <laughs> super fun. Mark, any parting thoughts? I, I just wanted to again, thank all of the uh, suspects in this, some of the, conversations have been just delightful and of course Christopher with his signage has really made this even wackier than it normally would be <laughs> leave it to Christopher to add a little wacky to the meal uh, Deborah um 
well, shoot. Oh, no, I know what I was going to say. I'm like, I did. I heard something. No, <laughs> I just want to um, thank everyone who's willing to just read for these, because honestly, it is so fun to listen to all the different genres, to listen all, to all the different styles of writing. And I just keep marking down all the different books I want to buy because I don't win them, Diana. <laughs> I'm not in control. That's why we use the spinny wheel so that I can't be blamed. But just no, I'm just, <laughs> I am having a blast, not only like doing the game, but also just being able to listen to everybody. So yeah, it's very awesome. I love being read stories out loud. It's super fun. Julie, you're new to our mayhem. Uh, did you survive tonight? I did. And I would just like to thank everyone for allowing me to pop on and be a part of this this evening. I really appreciate it. You are one of the Pages Promotions family now. You're stuck with us. I'll take it. <laughs> no escape. No escape. You cannot run. Mark knows from previous experiences you can't run. Uh, Chloe. Yeah, I I don't know what it is about me that I keep having uh, questions about the whole family friendly thing. So you and I have established in the past that certain curse words are okay and certain ones aren't. I'm good with that. Um, but what about innuendos? Um, nope, keep it family friendly. And okay. as, as long as the innuendos are family friendly, I don't know how smart the teenagers are. So, so, um, okay. use your, use your best author judgment. Okay. <laughs> if you have additional questions, you can get with me privately and we'll talk about it. Ruby, anything before we go? Uh, no, not off the top of my head, though I am planning to dress up and I'm definitely reading from farther along because the first two chapters, I timed it. I Perfectly can't get through fine. in eight minutes. So. <laughs> I get it. Perfectly fine. We love yeah. people who dress up, by the way. Uh, yeah. Mandy Joe, go ahead. No particular thoughts right now. Okay, awesome. Angela. Just enjoying. Angela Burgess. I'm enjoying listening to everyone read. And just like Deborah said, I've got a list of new books to acquire now. Yep. Yep. My TBR is waiting too. Um, and my name's not even on the wheel. So I don't know <laughs> what you're complaining about, Deborah. Uh, Jules. Um, just want to say I'm having a lot of fun watching my fellow suspects and um, just everybody else getting into the accusations and stuff. So I'm having a lot of fun. Melinda. All I can say is, Diana, please don't stop doing what you're doing. Um, I mean, I am posting this across social media, and I mean, they haven't quite signed up yet, but the notice is being taken by people that the writing community is such a great place to be if you hook up with the right people. And this group of people is by far the warmest, friendliest, most supportive group that I have ever come across since I started writing and you ain't getting rid of me. <laughs> Good, we don't wanna get rid of you. And I'm so glad that we're working toward changing the perspective about authors no longer being snobs. Um, we are we are an approachable bunch of human beings, and we're we're a little silly and wacky and fun. So I, I'm glad that that is starting to shift. That that was one of my goals when I started this mayhem. Preeti, any comments before we go? Uh, no, 
I'm just enjoying it. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks. Well, we're happy to have you with us. Um, Donna Newman, any thoughts? No. Okay. All right. Um, Angela Spears, any thoughts before we go? I really appreciate the people who volunteer to be suspects in this. They are so lively and so committed to the roles. It makes it fun whenever I can make it into this, see the action every yeah. single time. Yeah, absolutely. We have a, a committed bunch of creatives. Jen Rinaldi. Just keep up the good work. Awesome. Uh, Andrew Smith. Are you still driving? Do it safely. No, I just got home, but I'm still on the phone. And all I want to do is echo what was just said. Uh, not only do I appreciate you putting this on and everybody that's out there, but uh, the suspects have been absolutely amazing. And I've got to say, uh, Deborah and uh, Amy and um, such good sports and enjoying everything. I mean, it's this is this has been truly fun and truly wonderful. And I really appreciate you all. So awesome. Thank you, Andrew. Um, Dana Storino, any comments before we go? Um, yeah, I, I, this is super fun. I joined this, I did a podcast and then Lisa told me to do this and I just winged it and did it. And I'm so glad I did. And I just put Julie's book in my Amazon cart and I'm very excited to read it. So I just wanted to let awesome. her know that. <laughs> we love hearing that. That's like Christmas for authors. Um, Deb McPeak. Nothing. Okay. And Mackenzie Keatley. Did you put something in there? I hope you're feeling better, my dear. Uh, feel, feel free to put something in the chat. We are gonna um, move on out here in just a second. Um, I'm, I'm scrolling through the chat, that's what I'm going. Thank you, Andrew. Um, thank you everybody tonight. I'm so glad you guys keep showing up for my warped imagination. Um, I really, really appreciate all your kindness and support. And uh, this is just going to keep getting more fun because we're not even halfway there yet. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Have an awesome night. Thanks, Diana.